0: we want to get into the story in luke chapter 17 it's a story about 10 lepers that got healed and this story really reveals some principles of faith that i think will help you help you to lay hold of your salvation help you to lay hold of healing but remember these are principles of faith so they work in every area help you get free from things i'm telling you god has a plan for your life Hallelujah. You guys ready to get in the word tonight? Amen. Well, first of all, as we talk about the ministry of Jesus on this earth, we have to realize that first of all, and this is scriptural, there's tons of scriptures on it, if you read the four gospel accounts of Jesus' ministry, everyone who came to him in faith received their healing. Everyone. As a matter of fact, there's 19 individual cases showcased by the holy spirit now there's other stories where he, where power went out of him and he healed them all but we're talking about 19 individual cases of healing them in the majority of them the person's faith is showcased as the deciding factor of how they received right which which really if you look at at the body of christ as a whole many believe well you know I need need healing in my body, so I'm going to pray and ask God if it's his will to heal me. Well, that prayer never works because God doesn't hear it, because it's not prayed according to his will. God says in 1 John chapter 5 that if you ask anything according to my will, I hear you. That's a huge thing, right? We have to pray the will of God. Well, the Bible is very clear on that. If you look at Jesus' ministry, everyone who came to him in faith got healed. Not one instance did he ever say, it's not my will to heal you. Not one instance did he ever say, listen, this is not my plan for your life. This sickness, this disease, this condition in your life, I'm I'm using it. God has a higher purpose for you. He wants to teach you something. That's not in there. All that's been made up. It has. It's just been made up. It's not, it's not in the book. You can look at the ministry of Jesus. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, do you realize in the Gospels, literally 65 times it mentions something. Five times it mentions Jesus calls himself the Son of God. Five times. 60 times he calls himself the Son of Man. He operated on this earth as a man anointed by God. He literally... He literally took his godly attributes and he put them aside. So, so he, he was our example. He even said, it says right in the word, if you say you abide in him, you should walk the way he walks. The Bible says, Jesus said this before he went to heaven. He goes, listen, as the father has called me, now I'm calling you. He said that while he was on the earth. Isn't that interesting? He's a healer. He always was. You would see it over and over again. The Bible would say he had compassion on them, which literally is a, a Greek word, mercy, and healed all their sick all the time to the point to where you can literally say that I can know the will of God for all men for all time by simply looking at the ministry of Jesus. Couldn't you? If it wasn't God's will to provide healing for you tonight, there would have to be According to scripture, at least two to three examples of people where where they asked God and he said no. But there's not, not only not two or three, there's not one. There's not one example ever. So let's talk about this. You cannot leave up to God what he has left up to you. I would write that down. Because this is so important. God gives, but we must receive and and seize hold of it. You can't leave up to God what he has left up to you. You must receive through faith what he has provided for you by his grace. See, it'll do you no good. He's he's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness, but unless you learn how to lay hold of it, all those spiritual blessings in heavenly places, all those things that pertain to life, you know, that's money. Life, that could be health. All of it. Godliness, every spiritual thing you might need, it'll do you no good if you don't know how to lay hold of it. So you got to be careful. A false doctrine, you could see it a mile away, it always puts you in a passive position against the enemy. If you think he heals some and not others, it's impossible for you to have faith to receive anything from him. If you think that God blesses some and not others, then how do you know he wants to bless you? You can't be in faith, right? No, tonight I'm here to tell you it's scriptural. God wants you blessed. Why? We know it because it says he's already blessed us. He wants you healed. Why? Because we already know it. He said over and over and over again, he's already provided healing for us. He wants you prosperous. He doesn't want any lack in your life financially. How do we know that? It says it. He was made poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich. He he said that from this day on, I am instituting an eternal jubilee Debt cancellation. I mean, he says it over and over and over again. Says it in the Old Testament, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. It goes on and on and on. In most cases that we've looked at, the person's faith was always the determining factor. Woman with the issue of blood. Jesus said, woman, your faith has made you whole. Well, if her faith made her whole, And we know God doesn't change. It says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Then your faith can make you whole. Now, there's a lot of people that will teach that divine healing has been done away with. But none of them will say faith's been done away with. Because then how could you even be saved? Right? Interesting. Jesus put an emphasis on faith. So now what do we need to do here? Because of this, we need to realize now we have to focus and work on the receiving end of this, not on the sending end, okay? Because Satan will always get you focused on the sending end. What do I mean by that? Well, Psalm 107.20 says, he sent his word and healed them. Don't focus on the sending end. How it's going to happen, when am I going to see it, all this stuff. That's all. No, you want to focus on the receiving end. What do I need to do? How do I learn how to lay hold through faith, with the faith that he's given me, with the faith that comes as the word of God is speaking to my heart? How do I receive and lay hold of that and bring that into this realm? Because know this tonight, he's already made you free as a Christian, so if there's any bondage in your life, it literally is an illusion of bondage. If there's any addiction in your life, it's literally an illusion of an addiction. You could say, no, 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 it's real. I'm not saying that. Yes, there's real addictions, and you have been made free from them. Yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor. I mean, I feel bound. Yeah, that's just an illusion. All you have to do is renew your mind with the Word of God. And all of a sudden, that addiction that's been eating your lunch for years, all of a sudden, man, I haven't smoked, I haven't smoked that, that, that joint for three weeks. I haven't, I haven't, this pain in my leg, I, I don't have it anymore. This, I haven't looked on the internet at certain things. That, I used, that I've been doing for years. What is that? All of a sudden as you meditate in the word of God, the word of God getting planted in your spirit, what happens? And they shall know the truth if they continue in the word of God and the truth will make them free. The word makes you free. James said, as you implant the word of God in your heart, it brings salvation, wholeness, healing, soundness to your mind. All of a sudden now, you see things as they really are. Yeah, but there's a chemical imbalance, and that's okay. There's healing for your body, too. But God, he's already provided. See, here's a big addiction. Poverty and lack mentality. To where you're living your life here, when all the time on the inside of you, you're way out here. That's frustrating right well god he'll help you do this the word will do it you don't have to do it so so remember that you're free we got to work on the receiving end so let's talk about this story is going to talk about 10 lepers let's talk about leprosy for a moment leprosy not a disease that you want to have right it's a highly contagious disease Right, and it was a huge thing in that in Jesus' day, the condition was considered a death sentence. If you were diagnosed with leprosy, it was a death sentence to you. People were literally called, you know, this whole program that's disgusting. I wish I couldn't even watch commercials. Although we, we never really watch TV anymore, so yeah, or at least you know, not channel TV because commercials yuck. But um, but what well, they have to show, it's called The Walking Dead right? That's what lepers were. They were considered the walking dead because it was the the horribleness of this disease. They they had to live alone. They were cut off from family, friends, society, everything. In Numbers, you don't have to turn there, but I'll just read a couple Old Testament things. In Numbers 5.2, it says this, command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper and everyone that has an issue and whosoever is defiled by the dead. Every leper had to be put out of the camp. In Leviticus 13, in verse 45 and 46, it says, And the leper, in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, unclean, unclean. So if you were a leper, if, if, if you saw anybody that was started walking around where you were, you literally had to yell, unclean, unclean. Basically, you can't come near me. What a lonely existence that would be, right? Verse 46, all the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone without the camp shall his habitation be. If you read Leviticus 14, it lays out the cleansing of a leper. And it's really, you see Jesus in it. We don't have time to go into that now but they were cut off from society. So think about these 10 guys. They don't see their wife and kids if they have them. They have no way to make money. Think think about that. They, They are never touched by anybody, and they never touch anybody. Do you know how important physical touch is? I mean, it's so, so very important these people were cut off. Lepers, they had lesions in their skin. They would have body parts falling off of them as this disease went. So now we have to realize that the very nature of God, he's a healer. This sickness, all sickness, is unacceptable to God, but not the sick one. God loves the sick person. It's just the sickness is unacceptable to him. If you have any symptoms in your body tonight, the God of heaven is saying to you, I want that nowhere close to you. That's your father. Sin is unacceptable to God, but not the sinner. He loves the sinner so much he sent his own son to die Every person on this earth that will laugh and spit in Jesus' face and say, I don't even believe in him. Guess what? Jesus paid for all their sin already. Wow. What am I saying? you got to get this right. If you leave with nothing else, you have to know this. The devil is not big enough to make you sick and keep you sick. He's just not. Say that with me. The devil is not big enough to make me sick or keep me sick. You got to know that. So let's look at this. Luke chapter 17, are you there yet? Look at verse 11. And it came to pass as he went in or as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And when Jesus passed, so so he's he's on his way to Jerusalem and he's passing by Samaria, You know who lived in Samaria, right? The Samaritans. These were people that were despised of the Jews. The Jewish people hated them. Racism was alive and well. To be honest with you, the Jews called every other race dogs, right? They got it all wrong. And the reason why they did that is because, well, we're God's chosen people. He gave us his word. And if you read and study the word of God, yes, he did. And he came in relationship with you so that you could show the rest of the world how they can have a relationship with God and then everybody could. But the Jewish people said, no, we, you know, we want to be it, right? Don't we do? We do the same thing. Well, I just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a Haganite. I'm a word of faith guy. These Baptists are just out to lunch, these Episcopal people, and these we do the same thing. It's all, it's all flesh, right? So Jesus is passing by there. When Jesus passed by their way, notice this: everywhere Jesus passed by, he changed. His presence changed everything. Think about that. Everywhere, study, study the life of Jesus. Everywhere he passed by, his very presence. Changed everything. Do you believe that? Guess where Jesus is right now? The Bible says, where two or more are gathered in His name. Guess what? He's passing by, He's in our midst. Guess what tomorrow when you go to work? Guess who's with you and in you? Jesus is. And his presence changes everything. Brings hope. Hallelujah. Jesus loves to pass through the midst of neglected and suffering humanity. And I got to tell you, every human being that doesn't know him is neglected and suffering humanity. He loves to pass by there. So verse 12 And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Unclean, unclean. They didn't say that, did they? They must have heard something, because they said, Jesus, Master, please heal me. No, he didn't say that. They didn't say that either, did they? They said the same thing. Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Study study the word of God with healing. It's called the mercy. And he had mercy, compassion on them, which is mercy and healed all. And he had compassion on them, mercy on them, and power flowed out of them and healed. See, the God, God is a God of mercy. As you walk through your life, this, the very Holy Spirit of God, the divine person of God that's within you will want to reach out and change and help. I'm, I'm, it's who you are. It's who you are. So they're crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Second Corinthians, you don't have to turn there, chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Isn't that awesome? And the God of all comfort. Do you need comfort? Do you need mercy? It's there for you. Do you know in the Bible, from Genesis to maps, everyone who ever asks God for mercy always got it have you has anybody here ever messed up or is it just me yeah right guess what when you mess up you don't need justice do you forget justice oh every time if i'm at a restaurant and that server just blows it my flesh will go that's it i'm not tipping them and then my spirit will go what what is your deal you better double up on it because, man, show them mercy because you've been shown mercy, right? Psalm 86.5 says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy, look at this, though, unto all them that call upon thee. See, here's the thing with God. Because he gave us a will and he'll never violate it, you got to call for the mercy. That's why he said, come boldly to my throne of grace. You're my kids. Come boldly to my throne of grace to obtain mercy. Well, you don't need, to, you don't need mercy unless you messed up, right? Unless something maybe you did. So take. Let's, can we take out of the equation? Could, could your sin have brought sickness or disease into your life? Yeah, we see examples of that. Is it in every case? Nope. Could just be an attack of the enemy. Doesn't matter. If you messed up, guess what Jesus is going to say to you? Rise and walk and, and don't go and sin no more. Forget about it, in other words. If he was Sicilian, he'd go, forget about it. Come on, let's go. <laughs> right? That's, the, that's who God is. The Lord took, now you got to get this, The Lord took what we deserved and gave us mercy. The Lord reaped what we sowed. Isn't that good news? See, the whole world, it's hilarious when people look at my license plate. People, sometimes, I mean, this happens quite a bit. People will look at that and go, What what is 3 John 2? And I go, oh, that's a Bible verse. And their their response is, oh. (laughs) Because they think God is just, I go, it's awesome. I go, it says this, you know, and I tell them what it says. Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And they're like, wow, that's in the Bible? Because most people think God's just ready to smack them. That's why they block it out and say they don't believe in God. Right? But God is good all the time. He's good all the time. Jesus reaped what we sowed. So these guys must have heard that Jesus healed, or why would they have cried out for mercy? This wasn't the first time. So, verse 14: And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. What? what? Jesus, aren't you going to lay hands on him? Aren't, don't we need to get the worship band going and have it all, you know? And do, no, no, just, he, when he saw them, they were far off. Jesus, have mercy on us. Okay, all right, so just go show yourself to the priest. He would have had to yell it, right? Go show yourself to the priest. Now that's a big Dilemma. The only way a leper should, can ever go to the priest is to be examined. If he was healed of leprosy, he could then, once he's healed of leprosy, go to the priest and the priest would examine him and then he, could, he would proclaim him healed and then he could go back into society. But if a leper came up to a priest with leprosy, guess what? They're going to get rocked to sleep notice that Jesus was not concerned with their inconvenience of their flesh. He didn't say, well, you know, okay, I know you guys have leprosy. I know walking's probably really hard. So I just want, you know, just stay there. And, and can you just, you know, maybe text one of the priests and have them come? No, Jesus was not concerned about the convenience or any hardship in their flesh. Because Jesus knew keeping your flesh under is a good thing in your life. Well, I can't, I can't go to church today because I'm just not, you know, I'm just hurting. I can't go to work today. Well, you better check with the Holy Spirit if Jesus is your Lord. Because sometimes he'll be like, yeah, you know, you need to go to bed, get some rest. Other times he'll be like, you need to get up and act like this thing, like you're good right? So, so don't, don't sit here and think, okay, well, Jesus is, because this is what we do. This is what we do in Omaha, Nebraska. Lord, I've got 18 things on my to-do list and I've got about 38 to-do lists. So can you heal me really quick? Because I got a nine o'clock meeting tomorrow and I just need this gone right now. And I I don't really have time to praise you. I I just, I, I, you know, I just, I just got to go. Now, Jesus now you got to realize that doesn't work, not because Jesus hasn't healed you. It, he already has healed you. If you could figure out how to receive it in that with that frame of mind, you could probably bottle that and make some money. I don't know. But the reality of it is, no, faith believes in your heart, confesses with your mouth. Faith is fully persuaded that what God said is true and is not looking at the flesh and is not looking at time frames. It's not looking at anything. Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagan, when he came off a, a deathbed, he said it was so real to him. When the Lord said, he said, Kenneth, if her faith made her whole, your faith can make you whole. I mean, he's on a deathbed. He knew, he said, I I knew I was willing, I was willing to stand for the rest of my life. I knew healing was mine. And he says, when you're willing to stand for the rest of your life, you won't have to stand very long before you see something. We're talking about faith that gets you out of your senses, So now, when he saw them, they said unto him, have mercy on us. He's like, okay, go go to the priest. So they have a decision. Am I going to believe? Am I going to believe what he just told me to do? Or am I going to go by what I see? Because when they looked down, they still knew they had leprosy. They could see it. Right? So, they have a decision. Faith obeys and acts on the word of God. Faith acts. Smith Wigglesworth, it was said in his meetings, he'd get up and he would go, faith is an act. Faith is an act. And he'd walk to and from, they said up to 10 minutes in some meetings, just barking out, faith is an act. And then all of a sudden he'd say, first one down here gets healed. And you'd have people just running and miraculous things would start breaking out. Is it because God is one of those guys going, okay, whoever's down here first, I'm going to heal? No. Remember, it's not a matter of what God can do. It's a matter of what you can believe because he's already done it. Right. We're, not, we're not focusing. See, we focus so much on the sending part, not the receiving part. We got to focus on the receiving part. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's go on. So if you look at this story, this is a faith-initiated healing. The big question about receiving healing by faith, here's a big question. When do you believe that you're healed? Before you feel or see it, or after? It's always before, because once you once you feel it and see it, you don't have to have faith anymore. Now you know it, right? Right. You have to realize whatever you're believing God for right now, physically, whatever you're believing God, I don't care what it is because there's no sickness, no disease, no weakness, no whatever that could compare to the healing power of God and Jesus Christ, his finished work of grace provided healing for your body 2,000 years ago. You and I were healed 2,000 years ago. So now it's a matter of us saying yes. The Bible says what? Give us this day our daily bread. Notice it's your bread. Right? It's like you sitting at the dinner table. Hey, uh, Dad, can you pass me my biscuits? Father, I'm coming right now. I'm calling for, I'm requiring, I'm making a demand for for my healing. And And I, you know, it's written... Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, that Jesus himself bore this sickness, carried this pain, so I don't have to. So right now, I just believe I receive it. I thank you, sir. I'm healed. Do you see anything? Doesn't matter. But oh, you will, unless God's a liar. And guess what? I got good news for you tonight. He's not a liar. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. He's not a man that he should lie. type pastor titus said he's the god that cannot lie i love that that's the big question though when are you going to believe it for these guys change started happening as they acted on the word of jesus so when he said that they obeyed and acted they started going to the priest this is where most people lose their healing They refuse to go until they feel healed. They refuse to act until they see the money in the bank. Healing only met these lepers as they proceeded to go, before they saw any change in their physical body. Now those of us who have been a student of the Word, you know when you believe that you receive your healing, what happens is the healing power of God literally will come right out of your spirit, right? Because the healer's right in your spirit. And it will go right to the spiritual root of any sickness or any disease and, and kill it. It's done, it's gone. And then all of a sudden now the symptoms will start, it'll start working health, healing, and wholeness in your body, you'll start working out. Just like that fig tree, it was, it was dried up from the root. so, So you might not see any outward change, but that's okay. I'm fully persuaded that what he said, he's able also to perform it. I'm fully persuaded. So healing only met these lepers as they proceeded to go before they saw any change in their physical bodies. Jesus gave the faith command, go show yourself to the priest. And if they were to receive their healing, that command had to be Obeyed. This is interesting. See, this whole thing about it's not my fault. If God wanted me healed, I'd be healed. If God wanted this work, you know, all things work together for good to those that love God. A script, they use a scripture and they twist it just enough. That's talking about intercession. Right? Now, will God turn your captivity? Oh, absolutely. That's what He does. It'll come in line with the word, but don't try, to, don't try to twist the word a little bit to go, well, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. His ways are higher than my way. Yeah, 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 but keep reading. The Bible says, let God." in that passage, God's saying, let go of your ways and embrace my ways. Yeah, you may not know what to do because my ways are higher, but my spirit will reveal to you what to do. But the question is, will you obey it? Right? This is a huge thing. You must follow God's guidance if you expect to receive his blessings. You have to follow his guidance. Because remember, it's not a matter of him healing you or blessing you. He's already done that. It's a matter of you laying hold of it. That's what it's a matter of. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter how you feel, you must carry on with your life. Having your eyes fixed on Jesus and his word continually. This is how we live. And if you do that, health will meet you. How it meets you is it will overtake you. All the blessings of God will. Everything. This is how it works. doesn't matter how you feel you got to make a decision. Do you know in life it's all about decisions? And do you know every one of us here tonight can walk in all the blessings of God if we want to? It's all there. And the Holy Spirit, who knows exactly how to get you there, he will walk you into all of it. Wow. Look, turn in your Bibles, hold your finger there. We're going to come back to Luke 17, but turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. I seem to quote this a lot, but I want to read the context of this tonight. Is this helping you a little bit? Hallelujah. I know it's, man. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 11, and look at what this says. What a powerful passage of scripture. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life hath past tense given to us eternal life and this life is in his son whom you're in and whom I am in he that has the son, or hath the son hath life he that hath not the son hath not life that's pretty basic isn't it do you have the son then you have life You have eternal Zoe, the very life of God that is in our Father, that is in the Lord Jesus, that is in the mighty Holy Spirit. The very same life is in you. That's exciting. Now he says in verse 13, he goes, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Notice... Paul wrote these things to the people that believed on the name of the Son of God. The people that didn't believe on the name of the Son of God, that's not written for them. You know why? Because they're not going to accept it anyway. God took me through the whole New Testament and showed me how he wastes no words. And he showed me, listen, you are to minister And you will minister, and the anointing will minister that comes out of you to people who are hungry, who believe. The people sitting there that don't believe or are not interested, it won't minister to them. So what do we do? We keep coming to church hungry. You come to church hungry so it creates an environment where it makes it real easy for people to just flip a switch and go from not believing to believing. So that they can start receiving. Because have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you're just going, you know I, know, I know the word says this, but, but, right? Well, guess what? Just hang around here long enough. This is like a muddy creek bank. You just head, hang around here long enough, you're going to slip right in. Actually, what happens to people is they just get so excited they dive in. Because God's life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God and that you may know that you have eternal life. I'm telling you, if you know tonight that you have eternal life, it's impossible to know that and think that sickness has any part in your body. Right? And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him. What confidence? Those of us who believe on the name of the Son of God. This is the confidence that if we ask ask aito is the Greek word. That if we ask, that means that if we call for, that if we make a demand for, that if we require anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatsoever that we've called for made a demand for or required we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him that word desired means that we've required of him that's the greek word isn't that good news See, we're thinking, oh God, will you please heal me? That's not scriptural. You can't ask God to heal you if you believe the word because he's not going to come heal you. Why would he do that? He's already done it. Right. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus said, it is finished, all sickness and all disease that whatever attack you is finished. The God of heaven, poverty and lack is finished. Anything that could bind you is finished. It was all finished. He took the keys of death and hell. He, and then he comes out of the grave and now the authority that he had before he went to the grave, he has even greater authority. Now he says all authority in heaven on earth, under the earth, in this age and in the one to come, all, in the ages to come, all authority has been given to me. Now you go in my name. And now here we are somewhat. Now John's an old man and now John is going, listen, if you ask anything according to his will, if you go to him and say, Father, I require my healing. I'm making a demand for that healing that Jesus did in my body 2,000 years ago. I'm calling for it right now. How do I call for it? I believe I receive it. Father, I believe I receive my healing. Right? Your blood levels are all messed up. Father, I believe that I receive healing in my blood right? I, 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 I call for it. I, requ- I require it because, man, you know, I, I can't live and my, my body will get sick and die and I'll, I'll leave this earth early. So I'm, I'm making a requirement for it. I, I require my healing. My healing. It's mine because he already, do you see that? Yeah. I require these finances. I'm making a call. You said, right? You said the blessing that that we'd, all, we'd live in houses, houses, storehouses. I mean, all these things are ours. If we know that he hears us, whatever we're calling for, whatever we're making a demand for, whatever we require, we know that we have them. We know it. Why? Because I believe on the name of the Son of God. I believe in him is life. And I'm in him, and I have his life. I have the Son, so I have life. I don't need to beg God. I don't need to sit here and go, okay, you know, and listen to the enemy go, well, listen, if you just would be good enough, if you just stop messing up, forget all that. God won't heal you if you stop messing up. He won't heal you if you've, mess- if you've never messed up. Because he's already healed you. Right. So now it's literally a matter of going and saying, Father, I'm your child. I believe, Rome, I believe Romans eight seventeen, Where Jesus himself, he bore my sickness. Right? <laughs> this diabetes, this cancer, this whatever. Th- th- he bore that in his body 2,000 years ago. So now... I, don't, I, I know that I don't have to bear it. By his stripes, I was healed. So now, Father, I believe I receive that, and I thank you, Father, that I'm healed. What am I doing? This is what I just did. If this is my healing, I believe that I receive my healing. You can't see it because I've reached into the unseen realm and I've received it. Faith is of my heart, comes out of my heart, comes out of my mouth, what I'm speaking in my heart. And now I walk in obedience. So now the Holy Spirit will guide me into all the truth. When a pain hits my body, down on the inside of me, it is written, he sent his word and healed me. Father, I'm healed. I thank you that I'm healed. As I'm walking, I'm just, you know, the enemy's trying to talk me out of it. Why isn't it getting better? You're not healed. I love when he says you're not healed. Because he's a liar. The truth's not in him. So if he just told you you're not healed, it proves that you're healed. Right? Did you ever see there was a movie years ago, I think with Jim Carrey. He couldn't lie. This guy lied all the time. And he couldn't lie. Satan's like that opposite. He can't not lie. This is not going to end well. Oh, thank you, Satan, for confirming what the Word says, that it's going to end well with me. And as you keep holding on, if you don't let go, all of a sudden, you're so thankful. You're just so thankful. You're spending your life going, Father, I'm so thankful that my hips and knees are strong. I'm so thankful that this pain, I'm healed of this pain in my joints. And all of a sudden, one day, You get up and you're going, but it doesn't surprise you. Right? That's how it works, guys. When we put God in remembrance of his word, this is what this whole passage is saying. In your Bible, if you want a commentary on it, here it is, the Tony Finley commentary. When you put God in remembrance of his word, he hears you. That's deep, isn't it? I love those statements. When you pray in faith, you come into rest. The rest of faith. Why? Because it's done. You come into rest. There's nothing for me to do now except simply thank him. Do I take the medicine or do I not? I just thank him. So if I'm taking the medicine, I thank him. If all of a sudden I realize I don't need the medicine anymore or whatever, and if you then I, so I'm still going to thank him. It, it has nothing to do with Because see, if I, do I take the medicine? Do I not? What do I, that's, no, no, no. You're focused on the sending part. you got to focus on the receiving part. I've already laid hold of my healing. This is huge. So now Luke chapter 17, verse 15. Let's finish this up. So now here, back to the lepers. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed... So here's here's these 10 guys. They start walking to the priest. And all of a sudden, one guy goes, oh my gosh. The legions are gone. Who knows what it was? Fingers could have grown out. We don't know. But when he saw he was healed, he turned back. He stopped going to the priest. He turned back. And with a loud voice, glorified God. Sickness does not glorify God. Healing glorifies God. You never see sickness glorifying God. He fell down on his face at his feet. So he literally, he was so thankful, he fell down on his face. He's laying on the ground, giving him thanks. And look at who this guy was. And he was a Samaritan. What? What? Hold on. The Bible says Jesus was called to the house of Israel. This is a Samaritan. He doesn't have any covenant with God. How did he get healed? Here's the principle. You see it. Faith supersedes the law. Amen. It supersedes it. Job got healed. He had no covenant with God. But you have a covenant with God. I'm telling you, God... He is is such a giver that that he just blesses. So any way he can get it to you, he will. Well, that way, there's only one way without violating your will, and that's for if you believe him, he'll get it to you. So so here's this Samaritan. They were despised of the Jews. See, God, he comes to everyone who calls on him in faith. Another way to say this, in this story, thankfulness is a heart attitude. Or I should say this. Let me say it correctly. Thankfulness is the heart attitude that maintains the blessings of God in your life. Thankfulness. And we're living in a day. We're in the day now. In 2 Timothy 3, where it says, in the last days, perilous, dangerous, difficult, and strength-reducing days will come. Men will be lovers of themselves. It says they're unthankful. But thankfulness maintains the blessings of God in your life. When you pray, there's nothing left to do but worship. There's nothing left to do but thank. Why is it every time we come to church, every time we come into this room to hear, when I get up to preach, it is so easy. I feel like there's such an anointing. Why is it? Because we come to worship. I can tell, you, you should hear these guys in the back room. They're like chomping at the bit to get out here. And then they come out and they just worship. Do you notice nobody's up there for themselves? They're just worshiping God. And what does it do? Our spirits connect with that and we just, we go. And But now, now the stage is set, man. We, we've got our mind under control. We've got our mind stayed on him. And now God can move. It's wonderful. Thankfulness in heart. So let's look at this. Luke chapter 17, verse 17. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? So Jesus knew when he said, Go show yourself to the priest. He knew by the Spirit of God they were all healed. He knew. But he goes, But where are the nine There are not found that return to give glory to God except this stranger. This word stranger in the Greek means one of another race. So here's Jesus going, wait, what what about the nine guys who are Jewish? They didn't come back to give God glory, but this man who's of another race did. Wow. Wow. The covenant people were the least thankful. And first, if you, here I'm going to tell you, so you you don't ever have to seek God for knowing His will for your life. After tonight, thank you, Pastor Tony. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the three parts of the will of God for your life. It's, it's I mean, this this is a word of prophecy. It's a more sure word of prophecy. This is not. It might be wrong. You ready? Man, thank God I have a pastor that's so spiritual. <laughs> Or you could say it this way, thank God I have a pastor that can read, right? So in 1 Thessalonians 5, you don't have to turn there, but I'll just read it to you. But write this down, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through verse 18. If you ever want to memorize three verses of scripture, man, these are your verses right here. It says, number one, the first part of God's will for your life is rejoice evermore. The second one is pray without ceasing. And the third thing is in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And you know what? If you'll do this, if you'll rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks, guess what? You'll walk out the whole plan of God for your life. Notice it doesn't say It doesn't say this. Now now get this right. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And for everything, give thanks. We don't give thanks for everything. We give thanks in everything. Right? Oh, Father, I just thank you that I have cancer. No, that's stupid. But in cancer, if I'm diagnosed with cancer, I could say, Father, I thank you. I don't thank you for the cancer because it's not from you. But in this whole thing, I thank you because you're my healer. I know the end result of this deal. Cancer can't kill my body. Cancer actually can't even live in my body. Right? According to the word of God, it's absolutely true. See, what were the other nine preoccupied with? They were preoccupied with getting back to their old life. Let me get to the priest. Let me be cleansed so that I can go home. I want to hold my baby. I want to hold my daughter. I want to, you know, my family is hurting financially. They're devastated. I need to go to work. Can you blame them? No. Have we ever done that? Yes. But this is why this is written. I'm telling you, live a life of thanksgiving. Not for what you see only, Live a life of thanksgiving in everything, in everything. Verse 19 of Luke chapter, or I'm sorry, Luke 17, 19. And he said unto him, he says to this Samaritan guy, Arise, go your way, your faith hath made thee whole. Your faith has made you whole. Notice nine of them got healed of leprosy But one of them was made whole. That means everything that he lost because of that sickness, that word whole, is if you study that word whole out, it's amazing. When when you get to heaven, talk to that Samaritan guy. He'll tell you, man, all the money came back and more. Everything was restored. All the time that I lost with family was, oh man, my, my life was so blessed. Women with the issue of blood, they're probably hanging out together. Going, hey man, well, how was it like for you? Oh, I spent everything. Woman with the issue of blood, I spent everything to get better. And then all of a sudden I heard of Jesus and I and he said, Your faith made you whole. And instantly money starts coming, everything's restored, made whole. Nine got healed. That means the leprosy was stopped. They were healed. These failed to receive all that God had for them, though. This man was made whole. Everything was restored to this man who put first place thanksgiving to God. I'll close with this. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. Right? His praise. This is a spontaneous hymn of praise. Shall continually, continually be in my mouth. That's the walk of faith, guys. That's the way to lay hold of the blessing of God. Faith, thanksgiving, it lit- faith will help you grab hold of it. Thanksgiving will maintain all the blessings of God going off in your life constantly. This is not, this is not a thing that might possibly happen. No, no, this is truth. You can take this to the bank. The God of heaven, Jesus himself, will watch over it to perform it in your life. Amen?